Welcome to Culture Crawl HCX Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Ward Jr. And this is Donald Scott II. I'm very excited today to be talking about digital blackface. Uh, I'm not sure what y'all thoughts are from history, but now in the 21st century, things have definitely changed, especially when we talk about the impact that this has on the black community, but also what does that mean for art and what does that mean for social media, given the, the stage that we're in. So I haven't really thought too much about digital blackface, uh, but I do remember, I forgot what company it was, they made like some turtleneck or, or some something like that that was looking was like was who gucci gucci thank you it was gucci and i was just like why like I, well, why was that someone idea like they didn't run that you know by anybody before they approved that uh but here it is in the 21st century now where we have to have conversations around digital blackface so sharice you know what are your thoughts around that topic today so yeah, so um, thanks for having me, Michael and Donald. It's uh, really great to be here. Um, I guess I have a lot of thoughts about blackface generally and um, about digital blackface. Maybe I'll just start by telling you that um, I wrote a book about 10 years ago that's called Enacting Others. And it is um, about um, larger ideas of blackface and on um, changing one's racial uh, identity temporarily in art. And so it's a topic that I've given quite a bit of um, um, thought to um, in, in history and in the present. And as you're saying, it is something that um, seems to never go away. Uh, just last year, we had um, incidents where the governor of um, Virginia was found to have um, donned blackface while he was in medical school. We then learned that uh, the PM, Prime Minister uh, Trudeau of Canada had also dressed up in blackface when he was in college. At the same time, like you said, there was the Gucci balaclava kind of turtleneck um, blackface uh, <laughs> uh, fashion item that, uh, that, that happened along with the shoes and other instances. Um, so yeah, it's something that, that comes up uh, kind of all the time. I think that there are um, really uh, grave and serious concerns about it now. Um, and I don't mean just digital blackface, but you know, the, the kind of problems of having one's um, identity uh, covered in this COVID moment with masks that all of us are forced to wear. Sharice, I'm glad you brought up masks because um, recently I was in a meeting with my coworkers um, in my office, all white, and they had on, there were some people who were at the office and so they had their mask on. And so someone was like, I hate wearing masks. I, I feel like I'm robbing a bank. And it made me think about black men and how that's a, I'm not going to say like a realer threat, but they may feel like they're robbing black men, but our bl black men look like they're robbing, um, robbing something if they have on a mask. So it's interesting that you, you brought up mask and how it impacts people differently um, based on race. It's true. I mean, we've already seen that there have been multiple instances of black men either being followed or um, treated poorly in, um, in stores, for example, because they're wearing masks. And 
you know, what, what are, what are black people, black men in particular supposed to do? Go around um, with people worried that they're maybe making people sick or they should wear their masks and um, try to be safe and then, you know, be subjected to all of the uh, kind of stereotypes that go along with black men just because half of their face is covered. You know, they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. Yeah, and I could completely agree with that. And it didn't, the the whole issue didn't really dawn on me until I actually got a mask. And this is, you know, let's call it back in April or, or March, whenever that was. Um, but overall, you know, they didn't have a mask until it was, you know, mandatory. And then I got a mask and then I put the mask on and I go outside and I was like, wait a minute, something just didn't feel right. Um, and and I was I thought about, well, why do I feel this way? Then I started started realizing that to someone else now that I have a mask on, I'm going to be perceived more as a threat just because of my appearance. And I know from, I could speak for a lot of individuals, you know, in my network, if they have a mask, the mask is, is kind of cool, right? Like we don't want to just have a basic mask. That's not what we do. So our mask has some, some extra, it has some accessories and maybe um, color it a different way to really just add to to our style and that I think that's what we do as, as people in the black community but then even though I still push in that direction I know that someone else may not receive how I'm you know how I'm dressed or how I'm or what I'm wearing how I'm wearing the mask in that scenario and they may feel more threatened just because I'm trying to protect myself even though the same uh what's the word the same privilege doesn't doesn't come across for at least for, for, for black men specifically, but also just for general, anybody from the global majority that wear a mask. We see the disparities across the black and Latino community, which is just um, just out of just out of it, out of this world about how how wide in the gap that is. Uh, but overall, it's it is a um, it does bring up a sense of I want to I'm not necessarily going to say if it's PTSD or just negative effects in our history, but there definitely was a change when I'm wearing a mask in the comfort of my house, you know, let's say, or if I'm wearing a mask out in public. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I do feel like there's, um, there are going to be, and there already are becoming really interesting ways that people are wearing their masks to make them their own, to match their outfits, to add, you know, swag or swagger to their, uh, to their ensembles, but um, yeah, I mean the real the real issue is that already the Black and Latino communities are disproportionately affected by this, and then there's a real kind of concern with outsiders um, that people are having, and then you add this mask component to it, where people have to hide part of their faces, and it's it's a real um, recipe for uh, disaster, frankly. And, you know, I'm thinking about um, running in my own neighborhood, running through the public parks here in Austin. And, um, you know, there's already a kind of air of suspicion and heightened alert that is um, coming with this COVID moment. But I certainly feel it worse. Um, as a black woman, as a person of color um, in Austin, and and that's that's rough. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that. So then, when we think about digital blackface, let's call it, you know, in the 1900s versus what we see today, 
what are the differences, but also the similarities? Yeah, so, you know, blackface um, back in the um, 1800s and the 19th century um, looked like um, white minstrels or performers, actors who would um, put on blackface and to get blackface, they would maybe burn a cork and then take some grease and that cork uh, soot and put it on their faces. That, that's how they would make that slick black surface on their, you know, kind of pink or reddish skin uh, to, to get that shiny black quality. Um, you know, fast forward a bit uh, to, and, and when they did that, they tried to kind of, um, they've been enacted or performed stereotypical stories and or funny routines that they attributed to black people whether or not it really was that case and there were stock characters that went along with those blackface minstrels uh, back in the 19th century fast forward to the early part of the 20th century and what happens is the only way that african-american performers can perform is in blackface and so what you see is black actors and performers then putting on blackface to act like the stereotypes that had um, come to dominate the way that people saw black people in the theater so you know, in the early 20th century, in the early 1900s, we see black people and white people doing that kind of blackface um, minstrelsy. And then it becomes not okay for black people to actually put on the blackface uh, kind of crayon or um, paint on their faces. Now, you know, there's an interesting thing that then happens in the 1990s, and there's a real interest in stereotyping and in blackface all over again. And so then you see someone like Spike Lee um, or the artist Michael Ray Charles, who um, are both thinking through blackface, um, especially black artists and black actors doing blackface, what it means to perform stereotypes in your real life and whether that's a kind of uh, blackface, even if you're not putting on blackface. And so um, that goes along with people beginning to collect what we sometimes call black memorabilia. And when I say that, I'm talking about those jars that look like mammy figures um you know there there might be a kind of aunt jemima looking character who's got on the you know kind of southern style apron with very shiny shiny overly shiny black skin and big red lips and a red handkerchief that mac matches her lips so um middle and upper middle class black people started to collect that kind of old um uh vintage um, crockery uh, and decorations. And so people begin being interested in again. Spike Lee does bamboozled, uh, for example. And it really doesn't go away. I mean, and one of the things that he was poking, Spike Lee I'm talking about here, was poking his finger at was um, something like In Living Color, which was the um, Wayans show, uh, and the kind of stereotypes that. Spike Lee thought that those actors and those comedians were trafficking in. So that's the, the kind of um, ancient, or not ancient history, but the kind of past history and the not so past history. 
Um, you know, I, I'm interested in how it continues. And one of the ways that I'm thinking about how it continues is um, a couple of weeks ago, my uh, sons, who are eight and 11, um, who are big fans of Fortnite, um, gathered around their um, computer during COVID time to see the Travis Scott concert that um, or you know kind of um, cross promotion um, performance that happened inside the Fortnite game and after they watched the um, the concert or the performance my eight-year-old said oh I want to buy the Travis Scott skin and when he said that to me I, I really had to you know kind of calm myself down and and say to him that's that's a really weird way to say that you want to get the travis scott costume <laughs> and so are, are either of you any of you familiar with this travis scott performance that happened in Fortnite? no so i'm not i'm, I'm very uh interested just intrigued by by that but i understand that the game i know all of that i understand the costume but I wasn't aware they actually had a performance going on in the game so other individuals could come together virtually to watch the concert. Yeah, exactly. So hmm. it was this, you know, kind of publicized event where Travis Scott was going to kind of do a performance inside the space of Fortnite. And I was really interested in it because I've also been interested in games like um, Call of Duty or of um, Lara Croft, um, but games in which people can have an avatar that they are um, in digitally in somebody else's body. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, what does it mean to have a man who is acting like um, being, you know, temporarily in a woman's body as they are playing in a game, as happens in Fortnite, among other games? So, so I'm, I'm interested in how they're going to do this performance with Travis Scott. So, um, yeah, so it's not actually Travis Scott that appears, but it's yep. Travis Scott's avatar that appears in, um, you know, in the kind of center of the Fortnite community slash island. And, and does, then does the avatar look like Travis Scott or is it a completely different avatar? He does look like, the avatar looks like Travis Scott. Um, the Travis Scott avatar though is, you know, maybe 20 or even 50 times the size of all mm -hmm. the other avatars that are inside Fortnite. I love it. Yeah, no, it was really cool and I was, <laughs> I was really interested in it. Um, and so my eight-year-old's like, wow, does Travis Scott really look like that? And I said, well, from the pictures I've seen, he looks like that, but maybe not as big and muscular as, <laughs> as the avatar is making him look. Um, but, you know, it does generally look like him, you know, tall and long and lean, same, same hairstyle. Mm -hmm. And so um, then there were Go ahead. So when your son said he wanted to buy the Travis Scott skin, he meant that he he wanted the Travis Scott avatar. Right. So that's oh okay. The skin is the avatar, right? And it huh. know, that is an interesting way to say that. Yes. And so I hear it, and immediately I'm like, 
oh, this is like um, old times when people actually did skin people in you know the 19th century and before um, and when during the time of slavery and and during lynchings actual body parts of people would be saved and traded and you know kept as family heirlooms and so i'm you know bringing all of this really horrific history to this term skin for avatar essentially and so then I have to have this conversation with my eight-year-old. Wow, well, listen, honey, these are, um, I know what you're saying, you know, maybe we call it costume, maybe we call it avatar. I don't know what you want to call it, but can we not call it skin? Because... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah and, I, and I understand that. And I would say, that, like, I've definitely... Um, either I'm not sure if I specifically referred to costumes as skins, but I've definitely seen other games in the past um, have the costume be related to skin or avatars or things of that nature. Uh, but there's something you said earlier about during um, blackface, how or even nowadays same thing, where they would collect the either the costume or some type of memorabilia from the event. Yeah, uh, and. So, so what exactly were they keeping? Was it the mask that was worn, the clothes? What was it exactly in that regard? No, I, I mean, I was referring to actual body parts that people who lynched Black people would keep. Sometimes they were actual skin. Sometimes they were pieces of people's anatomy. And so when I heard skin, I very literally heard and brought this very horrific history to mm. the phrase. And so, you know, in an age appropriate way for an eight year old, I needed to tell him, look, yeah, this is a very, I didn't say controversial, but this is a, a very hard way this is a very hard thing for me to hear and this is why and so of course he doesn't understand any of that history though he now has a little piece of it but at the same time i'm thinking here's my brown son who admires travis scott because he's a great singer and he's got you know a cool look and, and all of this stuff and he, here he is kind of acting like, you know, in some ways, it's not, it's not digital blackface, but there is a way in which he's imagining himself as Travis Scott and as this famous rapper, as this um, successful person who's an avatar in a, in a game, but who's also a real person. <laughs> And so as someone who studies this stuff, I thought, wow, this is really, really fascinating. And I, I need to think a bit more about this. So then let me ask you, Sharice, and so what are your thoughts about um, individuals from different ethnicities or individual, individuals that are white using um, black emojis or different ethnicities using different types of emojis? Uh, what are your thoughts there? In, uh, yes. In or even gifts for that matter, but gifts, emojis, bitmojis, I mean, any type of emojis or any type of, uh, 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 what's the word, any, any one of those aspects. 
what are your thoughts there about individuals using different skin tones in that regard? Yeah, I think it's it kind of on a case by case basis, but I'm pretty skeptical of it in most cases. And again, you know, going back to my to my kids, my kids see these memes and gifts, um, and they have no idea that there's a whole history in which um, uh, gifts and memes, black people are participating in a long tradition of stereotyping us and and subordinating us. And, so, you know, they might show me one and I'm like, yeah, you know, please don't share that. And, you know, that's not really how black people are. And, you know, I find myself trying to, you know, explain them um, and tell them not to consume them. And yet there's in some ways no way to stop the consumption of them, just like there's no way to stop the circulation of them. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical. Uh, I'm pretty skeptical of them and um, challenging, challenged by them and, you know, would challenge people to think about them in a historic way. Now, having said that, um, I also know, for example, that my husband, who is white, will sometimes use, a, you know, a, a light brown or brown thumbs up or, or clap or um some other kind of emoji and for him that is for his communication with his brown family <laughs> because we are you know for all intents and purposes uh, a brown and black family and so i understand that that is his way of identifying with us and you know kind of being in uh in in our shoes as best he can. Uh, but, you know, in a context where it's not in that kind of familial setting, I'm not sure that I'm okay with it. I mean, what do you, what do you all think? It's funny you say that because there's times when I'm, <laughs> I'm texting my friends and be like, yo, that's not your skin color. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> Let them know that, that is not your emoji. You need to change that. I don't know why you think you're that light or why you think you're that dark. Um, but uh, that, that's my reaction. But I, but I'm really thinking about my interactions with white people. And if yeah. I think that I want to say on the emoji side, I, I really don't, I really don't think I've, I've witnessed the emojis, but I've definitely have seen it in the gift side where they use specific gifts that I'm like, why did you use that one though? Right. And there's many different gifts out there you could have used. So what was the reaction or what was the, the reasoning behind that specific one? But I haven't really thought, through it from the digital aspect of like digital blackface. It just, I never connected the two because anytime I was in that moment, I wasn't in that moment long for me to kind of dwell on and think about it. It kind of just went over my head and I moved on to something else. But, but what are what are your thoughts, Desiree Donald? Um, so I, I agree with Sharice. Like it really does depend on the situation. Uh, I remember specifically, I had a, a white male coworker who um, liked to use Real Housewives of Atlanta uh, gifts, but like he watched the show. And so like it made sense for him because he was part of, of that culture of Real Housewives of Atlanta to like use a gift to respond to something that I said. So I understood that about him. Um, and so I, I, I guess it's like intentionality as well too. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to per perpetuate this stereotype of black people so you're using this gift? Um, so that's also something to think about, but you never really know sometimes what it is. And so I guess it, it, it is situational. 
and and that's where I was gonna say is that, but like, I understand the situation, but we live in a society where people don't ask questions; they automatically assume. So then, in this scenario, if you were engaging with someone who was uh, perpetuating any type of stereotypes in a black community by using digital blackface in some shape or form, whether that's a GIF, whether that's emojis, bitmoji, you have it. I would say that predominantly people automatically think that it's negative, which it may or may not be, but I think people automatically go in that direction. And then we really don't have a honest conversation around why someone decided to use that, um, especially if the reason why they use it is tied to any type of internal biases that they have. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think that first off, why don't why aren't there more colors for the the clapping hands um, or the you know thank you kind of prayer hands um, or the thumbs up? Why aren't there more colors that don't align with skin color? And it isn't even that the yellow closely aligns with skin color, <laughs> you know, the actual skin color of people. And so that then makes me think, well, why do we imagine that the emoji color should align with our actual skin color? I mean, I do sometimes think that, that I like one color more or less than um, the color that is most closely associated with my actual skin color. And so, how come I'm not using that one? And how come I'm using the one that's kind of, mm. but not exactly my skin color? So, you know, essentially we're caught up in and perpetuating kind of racist ideas, or I should say racialist, race-centered ideas by using the ones that most closely associate with our skin colors. So that leads me to ask the question about, so we're talking about people using emojis, but I'm coming from a social media standpoint. What about brands? What, should brands use the skin toned emojis or should they stick to yellow? Hmm. That's a interesting, interesting point. And I would say, you know, what makes yellow the default? And, and, and when we think about yellow, I mean, just history, yellow goes to the Asian community, right? Or well, some aspects of the Asian community, not on, on all of them. Um, but that's kind of in that direction. But you know, my always thought process is, you know, what makes yellow the baseline? And if we're talking about brands, yeah, I, 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 I don't know, I haven't thought about that from brand standpoint. You know, I would say yellow is maybe is the, is the I would even say that's the safest because that means we're thinking about black and white as being the two binaries. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that because I think I associate the yellow with the black, yellow, red that goes with the quote unquote races. And yellow would be for Asian Americans, for example. But in my mind, yellow is default white when we're coming to, when we're talking about emojis. And so that's complicated to me. And I have also had the thought, and, and I don't know the literature on this, maybe there's research on this, that it's yellow because of the background of programmers um, in Silicon Valley. I, I don't know. I didn't, I've, I've wondered that. But again, 
none of it really corresponds to actual skin color. And yet we assign it <laughs> a racial value. And that's kind of a problem on, on our part. But I think, you know, to, to answer the question that Desiree's posing, why is it not, why don't they use emoji that are maybe associated with their brand colors? Ooh. Mm. That, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, because, you know, Des was in the you know, marketing side, social media realm, so she's always always about brand guidelines and what that looks like. So I'm always in favor of that because that would make more sense. It'll make it easier for individuals to kind of guess uh, just who belongs to what. Um, but on the on the yellow emoji and as I think about skin tones, there is no really like yellow skin tone. It's the, the, the skin's like, I haven't looked at my app right now. I looked at the um, emojis and for the skin's tone is like white and then it's like, uh, you know, a little darker white, I guess you could say like off-white and then it goes into like light brown or then no chocolate then black. Um, there's no real like yellow in between there for individuals. Do y'all remember? Do y'all remember? Hello? What? Yes. Do y'all remember when um, there was no options for skin tone? It was just default white. Yes. Yeah. And you and when they introduced skin tones, it never. I had never thought about the default being white. I just was like, oh, we got emojis. This is cool. <laughs> yeah, I remember when the, the when the colored ones first came out. I just used the darkest one that was possible because I was like this is great and this is not that other one <laughs> but now my default is the one that's closest to my quote-unquote skin color mm -hmm. yeah I would always you know push that that that's been my belief I just like why 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 would you not right if you're going to use any type of um, different color for your emojis let's go ahead and use the emoji uh, that best resembles your skin color. On the comments, on the GIFs, um, as I think about the way that I use GIFs, I definitely use GIFs of things that resonate with me in the moment or things that I know. So kind of like Desiree, which you brought up, the guy who watches, um, I believe it was Real Housewives of Atlanta, I believe you said, um, he uses that GIF because he knows that show. Um, so I understand that point because if you are aware of something, you're going to use that. Um, I just know that in the society that we live in, it, depending on what channel or platform he was on, he used that, he may get a lot of backlash from certain individuals because they may think he's trying to perpetuate something or trying to add an additional stereotype. Uh, but as we think about the future of digital blackface, um, I'm thinking about like virtual reality. I'm thinking about augmented reality. I'm thinking about how, how the, the playing field is going to shift with the enhancement of technology. Yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back to that uh, Travis Scott avatar um, idea that we touched on a little earlier. You know, on the one hand, I think that if you are in a digital realm, if you're in an AI realm, then, and you are in some ways freed from your body, then why not uh, imagine it the way that you want it to be. Um, maybe it's blue. Maybe you've got extra arms and extra eyes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Maybe you're muscular when in life you're not. Um, you know, just kind of 
freeing people from the physical uh, physical instances of their body. But on the other hand, um, you know, there's potentially challenges with that, especially if they're then, you know, kind of stereotypical actions that go with um, kinds of avatars. And on that note, we're going to close out of Culture Crawl ATX podcast. We thank you so much for listening. And we ask that you take this time to follow Culture Crawl ATX on Instagram and click that like button and follow on your favorite podcast listening platform.